You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. Social show. All right, everybody is here. Hi. Okay. Well, Hi. Um, uh, Marty, you Hunter Block, Hunter Block, Marty, you. I, I feel I feel at a disadvantage with you guys because you guys have the coolest names on the block. I mean, no Thank pun intended. Thank you. <laughs> Tyson. I feel like I'm I'm just like in some sort of spy novel. <laughs> I'm I'm the the waiter who uh, killed in the first act. Oh no. <laughs> I think I would. I think I would be killed in almost the last act. And not Tyson Hunter would... Block. Hunter Block is like the title character. Don't sell yourself ah, short. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good name. Um, the the um, did now. I I it just I just flashed on this because you mentioned it. But did you not uh, at one point play a waiter that was uh, kind of not menaced but sort of. Um, growled at by a sitcom character in in something i saw something on your acting reel i believe <laughs> yes I, I was in friends and uh friends yeah Ra- oh, Ra- okay rachel's father uh menaces me and um his the actor's name is rod rob uh rod shoot i have to look it up but he's like he was in norma ray he's just like an amazing actor oh, yes. and it was just like such an honor to be with him he was in Norma Ray in, in 1976 with uh, Sally Fields. Oh, wow. And then he's just playing this, like, you know, a little, little bit of a hacky character. But it was so funny because he couldn't uh, – so we had our, our cues, but he couldn't um, hear very well. So they just had lights turning on when he was supposed to say his lines. Oh. And uh, he still was a better actor than me. So <laughs> – you know, it's you know how some, how sometimes a person will like. Well, I mean, maybe I do this, but I'll I'll have a memory and I'll superimpose somebody else's face in the wrong place. Um, the the person I uh, I should wait until you answer before I go on with that. Do you know what I'm talking about? How incorrect memories will be like an imprint. Sure. Um, so oh, yeah. in my incorrect my memory's terrible. Oh, well, in, in my incorrect memory of that scene, uh, the actor in the scene playing playing that character is either George Seagal or Alex Rocco. And that's ah, it was actually neither. Um, no, uh, George, George Siegel was uh, Roth's and uh, Rachel's dad, I think. No, no, Elliot Elliot Gould was. And oh yeah, George Siegel was. I don't, I forget who he was in it. I don't, I don't know if he was in it. But well, he was definitely in Just Shoot Me, though. Sorry. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, that's right. That's right. So, uh, Hunter, would you like to do the official beginning of the show? Um, oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I, I literally just woke up from like a nap uh, right before, so which is actually a first because normally I don't uh, take naps before showtime, but uh, every once in a while I'll get like uh, I'll get like insomnia mm-hmm. to where I can't sleep at all for days. Wow! And it's unfortunately. Yeah, like, well, man, I don't want to say, like, straight insomnia because, like, I actually can sleep, but it's usually, like, like an hour, two hours, but it's not, like, a solid sleep because I keep waking up, which is not a good thing. So I'm, like, waking up, like, every 10, 20 minutes and then going back to sleep, waking up every, like, you know, so often, and it gets to the point where I just can't sleep at all, so I just get up and just go about my day, so... I raced back here so I could take a nap before this, so I wasn't like you know all groggy and like uh, where am I? Like Night of the Living Dead type stuff, you know? Yeah, with all the speaking zombies in that movie. Okay, so. Well, no, not in Night of the Living Dead. I know, I'm teasing. Uh, Return, <laughs> Return of the Living Living Dead. Yes, yes, yes. Send more cops. Send more brains. Yes. Send Come more in, paramedics. <laughs> yes. Come in, dispatch. Send more paramedics. All right. So I, I've so, seen, I'm sorry. Yes, I was. Yes. See, that's the thing. This is what happens on our show, Marty. Is that we do tend to just ping off of each other and keep talking about you know the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But we do actually need to at least try to do the intro. <laughs> so. Yes. 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 Well, yes. Before you do though, Hunter, Marty, I Go forgot ahead. to ask. How long yes. do we have you for tonight? Uh, how long do you need? Oh, you know, it, hopefully at least an hour, but, you know, not too much longer if you didn't want to do, you know, it's... Uh, All right, let's shoot for an hour. Okay, so it's about, 10, it's almost 9.40 now, so we'll go, we'll try to go till about 10.30, 10.40 and see how we're feeling. 
Sound good? Now, are you guys are you guys, are you guys going off the same uh, uh, same time uh, zone? Yes, I believe so. Pacific Standard Time. Yes. That's Pacific what? Daylight Time. Sure. Okay. So I'm I'm technically in the future because for me it's 12:37. So I'm in the future right now, and so I just want to let you guys know that in the future it's still the same. Oh, I, so nothing has changed yet. I thought you were going to say there will be robots, but that's uh, what is that? A Grand Theft Auto Vice City reference, I think. <laughs> in the future, there will be robots. It's a, it's a, never mind. Well, in in the future, I'm here to tell you that the, the robots aren't here yet, and the apes haven't taken over just yet. But you know, don't rule that out as a possibility. The aliens are still coming. So the rats, but you can escape with packs, right? Yes. Okay. Thank goodness. Yes, they're, they're, all you had to do is find the uh, the uh, the base of the uh, res- the secret base of the resistance, and uh, y- you know we'll help you out. Excellent. The yes. rats the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. <laughs> That's right. All right. Are you ready, Tyson? Yes, I am ready. Thank you for asking. You're quite welcome, sir. They're coming. They're coming. Episode of the Anti-Social Show, the show that firmly, uh, firmly believes with great power comes great responsibility. My name is Hunter Block, and he is Tyson Saner. Hello, Tyson. How are we doing tonight, sir? Not terrible. How are you tonight, sir? Uh, the same. I can't complain, but if I did, nobody would listen anyway, so I'd I choose listen. not to complain. We, we, we're going to keep this like a happy night. So, um, yeah. Happy night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy night. So, uh, Tyson, would you like to uh, introduce our our guest tonight to our audience? I would. Um, I would like to welcome to the Anti-Social Show uh, Forum uh, Hangout Session, uh, sketch artist, minor internet radio personality, actor, singer, Martin Yu, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you can just call me Marty. Oh, thank you so much. Welcome, welcome. It's a pleasure and honor to be uh, in your presence, in your inner presence. Thank Whoa. you for being here. It's very, very nice and, of you. And, uh, mm. yeah. Yes, yes. There so, is a, uh, Tyson, are you? There is a bit of a delay this between us, actually. So, yeah. Once in a while. Yeah. yeah. It's a t- just a t- tad bit of a delay. I see it on the recording all the time. There'll be like this much space in like editing where I'll, I'll say something and then there'll be that. But to him, it's just a second later. So occasionally we'll, we'll do that over each other. So I apologize. Continue, please, Hunter. It it actually when when Tyson uh, when the uh, episode's all done and stuff and he does edit it actually all does make a whole lot of sense when you do hear it as to oppose of when we're actually recording it so it actually does sound clear and everything like that so I mean I'll deal with the uh, the delay a little bit I mean it's it's a lot better than when we first started the uh, the show when we had those you know pesky. Uh, uh, podcast uh, gremlins that would freeze our show or, you know, sometimes not record nothing at all, you know. Yes, the podcast so, gremlins. So yeah, so I'll take that. I'm familiar with those gremlins. Ah, yes. Oh, my God. Um, like, no, no, one, no one ever explained that to me when I was uh, uh, researching how to do uh, podcasts. No one ever said, like, this is, like, all the technical difficulties you're going to have, you know, while you're doing it. So that's something I guess you have to learn on your own experience for yourself, I would imagine. Well, I, I imagine that sort of thing is uh, is because of the newness of the of the media of the podcast or the soundcast, as some people are trying to get it renamed. Um, the- See, I like I like the I like the term uh, I like the term soundcast, though. I think it sounds like like a like a sounds more professional, really. Hmm. You know what I mean? Than than, than podcast per se. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. Professional uh, podcast just sounds branded to a piece of obsolete uh, hardware. <laughs> well, that's very true. That is very true. Because, I mean, 
How many people do you know actually still have a uh, an iPod? I know one person that that still rocks an iPod. <laughs> I don't know that I mean, I've, that's, that's, I've that's, never had one. So. That's I mean, neither have I. It's interesting that the word has uh, sort of become its own thing. So we don't even think about the iPod when we think about podcast. True. And uh, was it Adam Curry who originally coined the term? Adam Curry? I'm not sure. Is that the uh, no. originator of the form of making the speech-only MP3 technology? <laughs> or... Yeah. You know, he was an MTV VJ, and then he was also oh, sort yeah. of a futurist of sorts. And so he would record himself just talking about technology and, and media. And I, I believe it was he was the one who coined the term. Could be totally wrong, but he is the first person I know of who had a podcast and uh, I don't know what he's doing now. Now, now. now, would you say he's the first person to have launched a podcast show? Or were there podcasts in existence prior to that? Hmm. Uh, he's the first one I know of. I know that there was a big lawsuit uh, that that inventor who put like magazines on cassettes, he was trying to say that that was a podcast and tried to sue everyone from Mark Maron to Kevin Smith to, you know, uh-huh. saying that, like, I patented putting things on, you know, recording, talking bits, and uh, he lost. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, but I, and it is interesting. It's a very, it's a very exclusive sort of, there, there was a, no other thing like that before, of just people recording records and cassettes of themselves just blathering on about nonsense. And thank yeah, God, I mean, technology. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call that like uh, like podcasting. I mean, it's just all your. I mean, I can just sit down right now and just you know uh, fire up Audacity and start reading from a book. That doesn't mean it's it's you know a cool. pod. Well, I mean, I guess I guess you now you could call it a podcast. You know, on on you know Hunter's Corner of Reading or something like that. But I mean, it's it's you know, I'd I'd call that an audiobook. Sure. Yeah, an audio book. There you go. I couldn't think of it there for a second. My Ooh. brain's still kind of like Podcasts connecting. or unscripted audiobooks. Hmm. <clears throat> there you go. Because this, this show is definitely unscripted, and you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that worries me a little bit. <laughs> well, just, <laughs> I don't think it really worries me. I don't think it really worries me per se, because if you really think about it, I can't work off. I mean, I guess I could work off a script if I sat down and like and, and tried to think about it. But I mean, like when we have guests on, I think it just sounds I think it's better that if it's not scripted, because this way they don't have any idea of what to expect, really, per se. And everybody has a good time. It, it I promise. Is. I promise I'll be good. OK, I'll be good this time. I promise. Cross my heart. Oh, it's a relief for me because I don't have to actually prepare anything. I can just come in and sit in and pipe in whenever I want. So that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, Adam, it turns out Adam Curry started what was called Pod Show in 2005, of January 2005. Pod and Show. Yes, yeah, so and you did it daily and then um, I guess promoted it on the Internet and had it on Sirius XM. Or I guess it was just serious back then. Hmm. Looks like it's called Mevio now. Mm. Right. That's interesting. So yay for Wikipedia. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, on Wikipedia, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be quoting an article for a tour. Speaking of Wikipedia, um, if you look at the Smodcast Podcast Network entry, it says that... Yay, Kevin Smith! Yay, Kevin Smith. It's yay, verily yay. It says that... Um, Nooner started in, uh, and it's it's this is hard for me to wrap my brain around because it's hard for me. It's been going on this long. It says the show uh, originally ran from July to December of 2011. Was that 2011 back then when I started listening to you guys on Fridays? I think it was 2012. Okay. I could be wrong, but, but yeah. So uh, for the I, I, you didn't mention it before, but I I do host a podcast on the on the Smodco Internet Radio Network uh, called. Nooner, and that's very cool. It's it's so much fun. I, I started doing it with Dan Etheridge, who's a, a producer who worked with Kevin on Overnight Delivery, which I don't know if you're familiar with that movie, but uh, it was directed by uh, Jason Bloom, and it starred Paul Rudd and uh, Reese Witherspoon, 
and my roommate at the time, Dan Etheridge, uh, produced it. And Kevin was like ghostwriter on it, or he did a, a rewrite on it. He was not credited, but, and from that, they became very good friends. And when Kevin had his, uh, started doing his podcasting, uh, Dan came over one morning to his house and did a podcast and, and he was wildly entertaining. If you've, if you've never heard Dan Etheridge before, he is a raconteur to the nth degree. He's, uh, he's funny and he's, uh, ribald and he's a great storyteller but uh i told him after that like oh you should do a podcast on his network and you should put me on it too that was my uh, big sort of bold move and he went on and produced a lot more tv and i kept the podcast going so that's and how i that was that's my origin story and thank you nice, for, thank nice. you for continuing the podcast uh, appreciate it it's uh, oh yeah it's been um, absolutely. I also thank you for, I assume, preparing every morning, which uh, I, I have a feeling that very few people that come by actually do that. But it's it's, it's hard to say. I mean, how would you, how would you? I, I try to come up with a, a general outline of of like some a news story in the front that we can sort of talk about, mm-hmm. and then like various topics. And inevitably, it all gets derailed, and I forget half of the the thing. Things I was supposed to talk about, and then the things that I really want to talk about, everybody else interrupts me. So it's it's a, a pattern that that works for us, and and it's yeah, it, it's frustrating, but also super fun because you know we just have really really fun people on the show, uh, both guests and uh, recurring MERPs who are the minor internet radio personalities. Yeah, it's one of my favorite acronyms. Uh, new acronym is a uh, uh, MERP. I I actually. Um... Uh, because of my, I guess you would call involvement with the show, because I am somewhat involved, being having. But you're the, very involved in the show. I mean, you you strangely. listen live every time, and you contribute to the show. You're adding. Uh, you have. You're just a font of information, um, both, you know, pop culture and news, and also you uh, maintain our Tumblr page. So it's fantastic having you as part of the group. Well, thank you. It's been it's been it's been an interesting journey, and I appreciate your um, uh, kindness and the the um, in <laughs> um, what I feel kind of almost started is just like like well you you the the show felt like an open forum to anybody who happened to be listening and on Twitter at the time, and I happened to be both listening and on Twitter. And you know, if there was a question that went out, I, I it was like, well, I suppose I can answer, and then I just never stopped answering <laughs> answering. Although I've toned it back in you know recent years because I think I might have been how did you, very interactive. Yes, how, how did you find the podcast? I was already listening to uh, Smodcast and Tell Him Steve Dave and some other ones by then. And when I heard that the uh, Smodcast Internet Internet Network was going to go live, which I guess was uh, it was started in January 2010, that long ago. Okay, so I was already a listener of Smodcast by that point. Um, and I was just, I was home like all the time um, listening to things on the internet basically that that were around. Not very many things that were there, but when the when the Smodcast Internet Radio uh, station started, I had you know nothing to do but to uh, listen every day. I started listening to the morning show every day, listening to Kevin and Jen do their thing, and uh, I don't know. It feels weird to call them Kevin and Jen because I don't know them. It's just it sounds so familiar, but you know. Um, well, yeah. I, I I I think I think um, not to cut anybody off. I I I'm sorry about that. It happens on the show once in a while. Um, I think that you know when you listen to a, a, a podcast or a soundcast for so long, and you add them into your like, you incorporate them into like you know your personal life. You know, like when you're doing like whatever it is that you're doing, when you listen to soundcasts, you know, I, I you, you kind of like have like a I don't know, like you, you kind of feel close to them, I guess. It, you you kind of feel like you're on a personal basis with them, even though you're really not. You've never, you know, spoken to them a you know a day in your life, if, if that makes sense. You know. I mean, I—that's I, the only thing I could, I can, I can no, think I, of. I think that's the the whole allure of of podcasting is that people are very uh, open when they're just sort of talking on the on a, a microphone, and especially if they're just surrounded by friends or uh, like what Mark Marin does. You know, he's just very good at disarming people, and then hmm. when people are that open, and you're hearing it when you're in your private space, like you feel an intimacy with them, and it's great. 
Exactly. Like, I mean, I, I don't know Kevin Smith personally. I mean, we come from the same county in the same state, but I mean, I listen to all his podcasts. So, I mean, big fan, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, do I feel like I, like like do I know him personally? No, but do I feel like like kind of personal with him because I do listen to him and and whatever? Yeah, of course. But you know, doesn't mean like I'm gonna go to his house and like you know he's having me over for like a beer or something like that, and we're gonna have like a barbecue or something. I actually he doesn't eat meat because he's a vegan, but um, also doesn't congr- drink. Congratulations to him. Yeah, he doesn't drink either. <laughs> Not really. Anyway, I don't know if he he might have started drinking, but I don't think he does. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean. I, I think once I think, you know, when you're a soundcaster and like, you know, I, I do think you can indulge in the occasional spirits from time to time when you're recording, I would imagine. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's not everybody, but, you know, no, I no I just mean classically uh, from listening to podcasts that he has uh, hosted. He, he does not have a taste for alcohol. Uh, he does. He he yeah. expressed on many occasions that he had doesn't like the way it tastes, although he has tried ones that are more uh, like I think he had a strawberry daiquiri once or something that stuff just sticks in my brain i don't know why it does um but he and he liked it because it tasted like candy basically or it tasted good but like it wasn't something that he made, made regularly i don't even know if he likes the taste of beer but you know once he found weed he didn't see he, he says that he didn't really need see a need to do anything other than that so uh but yeah i mean i it's a very uh pedantic point to argue so sorry about that um the show nooner is often uh political uh, or ha- was often political when Dan was on. Uh, it has, uh, there's still a lot of news that is, I mean, I, I like that you bring important news of the day to the beginning of the show. That you at least try to talk about the stuff that's going on because it is, it is fun to listen to um, the people who come by have to now deal with this at what is, seems like early in the morning for a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh- Nine o'clock in LA is like six o'clock in in the rest of the world. You know, yeah, LA's it's a little slower. That's what it seems like. It certainly seems like. Oh God, I got to talk about this now, and it's like, yep, yes, you do, and uh, you know, or you at least have to, you know, say uh huh. Well, I mean, uh-huh. I, I think that's like the that, I think that could be like taken as like the perfect recipe for like a um, a soundcast is where you can take like entertainment and news and put it all together and make it like a perfect blend. Not every podcast uh, will discuss political or anything type news. Like take us for example, our show. We don't really we don't really get into like political stuff at all, and if we do, it's like very small, very rarely. But we, we, it's more joking than anything else. So. You know, yeah. I, okay, I, it's me. It's, it's me. But I try not to get political me. at all, but I will listen to you, yes. and I, you know, I do. You know, I yes, yes, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, yes but, mm. but, 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 but you're right. It is me. But when I do do it, it's at fine. least I try to. I, I try to uh, make constructive jokes that at least you would laugh about. You know, what I'm saying it's not like I'm sitting Ooh. here saying. Let's talk about taking the knee issue, and you know, how come everyone's burning the Nikes? You know, it's just you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, the the whole thing about them burning the Nikes, I remember just the odd part of it was that they're buying something, they're, they, they're burning something that they've already purchased. So it's the jokes exactly. on them. So, you know, whatever. Or yeah. let's talk about what the deranged orange Oompa Loompa or Teletubby has done today in the White House. I mean, you know. Uh, well, I, I assume they're still picking up the lava because like he had a volcanic explosion of anger yesterday at the, uh, the current, the, what is it? There's some kind of a, there was an op-ed in, uh, see, this is the thing. This is why I don't talk about this stuff because I watch a lot of YouTube videos about it. Like I watch, uh, Philip DeFranco. I get the highlights of the stuff, uh, you know, uh, enjoy his show a great deal. Um, on YouTube, I uh, have been listening to more or watching more clips of MSNBC and Rachel Maddow lately. But it's it's only very recently that I've started to take notice in just the uh, amount of <laughs> of news that's occurring uh, surrounding the, the the White House. I mean, I'm not sticking my head in this hand, but I'm just trying not to get too too involved with what's happening because it is maddening. But yes, I, I think most people don't really care about politics. They don't really care about what, what's what is happening in the Bob Woodward book. They just, you know, they want to know, like, am I, am I making more money than I did yesterday? Am I, you know, do I, is my social security check coming in? Are the bridges getting made? And, and so like all this, like, it's so easy to get caught up in it. But at the end of the day, like 
you know, whether somebody, uh, you know, is, is tattling on the president to the New York Times really doesn't affect anything. And but it is just like because there's there's so much uh, palace intrigue around this White House, like it's really fun to get caught up into it. And that's why Rachel Maddow has like the, the highest ratings in cable news right now. Because you know she get does a deep dive and she really milks all the the uh, drama out of it, you know. And but at the end of the day, like you know, it what happens doesn't affect my day to day life. It just makes me feel angry. But hmm. my paycheck comes comes in, and you know, it, more or less, you know, there are subtle changes that happen over and over again. And like you know, there are these things that uh, about abortion rights and about you know the Supreme Court. But again. Is that going to affect my day to day? Am I still going to have, uh, you know, a, a roof over my head? Am I still going to keep working? Mostly, most of the time, yeah. But, but it, I mean, philosophically and ideologically, I get angry and and full of rage. But yeah, most people are just too busy to worry about that sort of stuff. Is is my feeling? You know, I I would. What, what, what it seems like you, that. Hmm? Yeah. What made you start getting interested in it now? Oh, in the well, uh, my oh, me or. Go ahead, Hunter. Either. I mean, well, Tyson, you can answer first. Oh, um, well, it's the, the acceleration of the, oh, it was little by little. It really is what it was. It started with, um, because I'll tell you, I originally was shutting out a lot of um, political based stuff in the podcast that I would, was listening to. Cause by the way, I have another uh, podcast called Suckatastic Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. And I have to listen. I have to, I listen to a lot of soundcasts um at for to take clips so i can put together a show so i end up listening to lots of different types of things and in the meantime some of my the podcasts i used to listen to more often have gone by the wayside for example things like the todd glass show which i really miss but i don't have time to listen to every episode now other ones like smartest man in the world greg proops um it was politics every episode there for a while about two years ago and i you know who can blame him and he's good at talking about it but i just couldn't hear it all the time so i was like i'm like okay i'm gonna listen to other things so now what got me interested in it was actually starting to hear a little by little um like stephen colbert listening to the monologue and knowing that there was like that it was sort of like a watered down version of what the what the horrible thing happening today was and kind of was humorous so it was a little easier to digest um, and then it kind of branched out to more serious. Um, you're breathing into the microphone, huh? I am. Yeah, you're making I noises. I wasn't. I was. I wasn't aware that I was breathing. Yeah, it's okay. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's just. It's not like you're angry. I'm like, it's like, it's like you are breathing. <laughs> Don't like, breathe. No, 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 it's not no, quite no. that bad. <laughs> Let me talk, Tyson. <laughs> Let like, me talk. Like, shut your mouth for a second. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, was, I wasn't even aware that, that the mic was picking up that well. Okay. Sorry. No, it is. No, but you can probably hear my chair, too, like all day long. It's just maybe you can hear the crunch, crunch. That's not like, you know, micro farting. That is anyway. So uh, anyway, so it was listening. It got I got back into it. And then like, um, it's just as the acceleration of uh, where it looks like. We might actually be getting rid of him sooner than later. It's picked up and it became a little more, you know, or at least it feels more hopeful. Uh, I started paying more attention because I'm like, well, how much of my hope should I be getting up at this point? And, uh, or, should I, or should I just kind of try and enjoy the show as best as I can and then find interesting sources? Like Maddow seems really, I don't want to say gleeful, but her presentation of, of, of how, you know, messed up everything is and her kind of attitude in it seems very like, like, not cheerful, but like there's something. There's something about the and my mom likes her, so yeah. I, I think she's that's on purpose because I, I don't think she's trying like she purposely doesn't want to rile up people and she's not trying to make people angry. She's not trying to and I mean the, I think she definitely has a technique, but mm. but she's not like a, a Sean Hannity like pointing out like, oh, this this is like the evil of the world and like I think she's just trying to lay out a bunch of facts, and she definitely has a point of view, but she's trying to present it in a way that is uh, not trying to instill fear in people. Right. And I think that that's what, is the, what drives, what, what made the Trump uh, like presidency so powerful. But, I mean, for, just so we're clear, like, I am I'm very politically minded so when i say things like you know people don't really care about it i do care about it but at the end of the day i still have you know i still can go to the doctor and i still have 
a paycheck coming in. And so like even with these these tax cuts, which I think were terrible, but at the same time, like my life is still the same. So I have to like sort of meter that and like figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what is what is what can I affect in the world? You know, so it's not as panic inducing as it may have been before. Uh, oh, it still is. But oh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> have a fake panic. Well, I, mean, the, I, I the, think to I think to a, a certain I think to a certain degree, um, you know, it, you almost have to have like that panic in the back of your mind um, with everything that's going on. I mean, I mean, look, the, the country is more uh, divided than it's ever been. Um, hate crimes because of this has been more open than it's ever been. Uh, we, we have, I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, we've always had racism in this country. Obviously we're not the most perfect country in the world. Obviously we're not, you know, we can, we can boast, you know, we can, we can promote it saying, Hey, we're the greatest country in the world. We're not really, we have the potential possibly, but you know, but it's, it's never been to this degree as it is now. I mean, like, for example, for example, okay. Families have been torn apart because of this, because, you know, you have you have Trump supporters on one side. You have obviously Democrats on the other side. And, and it, it, it's not a healthy debate anymore because now it's, it's it's turning into to arguments and people not talking to other people. And, and at the end of the day, like, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, do I get a, or at the end of the day, beginning of the day, do I get up? Do I go to work? Do I come home? Do I relax? So I still do my own thing. Absolutely. But. I still like to know politically what's going on, and and that's exactly what need you know that's that's what everyone needs to do. They need to be at least a little pol- uh, they need to know what's going on at least a little bit of what's going on around them politically. Why and in the news too, you know what I'm saying not just you know the political aspect of it, but you should know what's going on. You should know like you know who's uh, the vice president. You should know you know who the, who the president is at least you know. I mean, and, 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 and you should vote, too, and that's one of the biggest problems with millennials. They don't vote. They don't? Yeah, and, and I think that leads to complacency. You know, ignorance leads to complacency, and that's how uh, bad changes happen. You know, so mm-hmm. it's really important to pay attention to this stuff. So Apathy, but, yeah. You know, yes, yes. And it's, it's, but when the economy is really hard on the working class and, and people are just, you know, can't are working three jobs and can't get to the polls like that's that's a problem and and you know i think that's something that we that needs to be addressed oh i i certainly think that uh it is very hard on the working class because nowadays you have to have at least two three jobs to to maintain a household it's not like it was where you know like the husband goes to work and the wife stays home and takes care of the kids and cleans the house and you know husband comes home promptly at five o'clock and dinner's being made and all that no nowadays usually you know both parents are working in a household and usually uh more than one job just to support a household if you're making minimum wage which by the way minimum wage in jersey i don't know what it is because i haven't made minimum wage in like a hundred years but i mean minimum wage is, is so disgustingly low here it's really ridiculous, and everything is so ridiculously high in Jersey. It's like you almost can't survive. Hey, everyone. It's Ethan with Combat Radio here at Brigade Radio 1. One thing you need this fall is the Combat Radio Halloween album supporting social services. Featuring haunted musical and audio tracks from some of your favorite celebrity guests around here, including Respect the Dead, the audiobook. Go to cdbaby.com, enter Combat Radio Halloween, and get your copy today. So there's a, a, a thing that people talk about, like, you know, money can't buy you happiness. But then they've done, economists and psychologists have done studies on what is the number, the amount of money, like, you know, more money, more problems. But at a certain point, like, people can live comfortably mm-hmm. with a certain amount of money. And that is $75,000 a year. Ooh. So if you make $75,000 a year, you can live comfortably. You can, uh, you have a little bit of discretionary income to have a, a vacation or to take some time off or, or to just have experiences that aren't just related to paying the bills and getting dressed and, you know, paying right. for just all the bare essentials. Right. And that, that is, so 
when you reach that point of $75,000 income, people are, they become very happy. And then after that, if you keep making more, it doesn't, there's not a pattern to it. So that's not like making $150,000 will make you twice, twice happy. happy right. <laughs> right. So the key is like, okay, so we, we've identified that number. Like hmm. how does 750 an hour or whatever the national uh, uh, minimum wage is, how does that get you to 75000 There's no freaking way to, mm-hmm. to get there. No. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know what, I mean, you know what it is, is because for, for I mean – Seven fifty an hour was great in nineteen seventy. You know what I mean? I mean, it was at least a, a path to. I mean, okay, I, I wasn't alive in the nineteen seventies. I'm. Just, I, I, I understand. Know. No, no, it's okay. Right. It's okay. Can I'm, I just I'm say seven years old? Jason and I were alive back then. Yes. that's a. Sh- You're right. Seven fifty an hour in the nineteen in nineteen seventy. So when I was okay. when I had my first, I just no, it's all right. I'm not. I'm not teasing you. I just need you to know, just for the for the context. When I got my first job at 14, uh, that would be 19. Uh, it's, uh, Jesus, why can't I do math suddenly? 1988. 80. Okay, so 15. So 1989. My first, you know, work permit. Uh, it was uh, bussing tables at the Samoa Cookhouse out here, and uh, I was getting, I was making tips theoretically. I was being tipped out from the waitress, but uh, the waitresses, but. It was three twenty-five an hour. That was the minimum wage. Wrong. You know what? Three twenty-five an hour. Wait staff get paid less than that in certain states. In certain states, where they're, they're, they have the, the tipping mm-hmm. wage count against the the minimum wage, you can make like around under three dollars an hour. And like, so if you're working in a Waffle House, you're making under three dollars an hour, and the tips ain't great at Waffle House. Not to say that the people that go there are bad tippers, but the the bills are pretty low, and if you're working the, the midnight shift, you know you're, you're making diddly see when, when you're a server in a restaurant, right? Mm. I don't I don't think that they should I don't think that they should you should be required to solely live off your tips. You know what I mean? I, I think there almost has to. I, I mean, you can make tips on top of what you make an hour because you're not really making that much an hour. Let's say if you really were making something an hour, aside from the tips. You know what I'm saying? Like, so in other words, in some places, the tips is what you solely make a night. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if 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 you don't if you don't if you don't get tipped what you're supposed to get tipped, right? Which is whatever uh, amounted for the bill, right? You know what I mean? Then you're just not making any money, which is not fair because what if you get a couple of tables where where you did your best, like you had their drinks filled, you came out there and checked on them regularly, but they were assholes and decided not to leave you what you were supposed to get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as like oh, whatever the bill was. Why not just get rid of tipping? Good idea. And make a better yeah. wage? Yeah. yeah. Or, or sure. like have everybody work for tips. Have your doctor work for tips. Your doctor gets oh. paid two bucks an hour. But you know what? He did a great job. So he, he cured my cancer. So here's five bucks. Go, go, go crazy. Like that, that, it's insane that people are working just like they're doing a good job just because they're trying to kiss your ass so they can get a couple extra bucks. Like people should work because they work. Like I don't yeah. do a, I don't do my work just because I'm trying to to milk a couple extra dollars out of somebody. I'm you know it, it's because I take pride in what I do. And there there are plenty of countries out there that don't have tipping mm-hmm. and they pay their their uh, servers a living wage and the service is is fine. It's great. You know. You know, I, I, hmm. I think there's a lot of countries out there that are that are that have it right, and we don't have it right. You know, as far as like a lot of things. Sure. Come on. I, universal I, health. Universal health care, for example. Okay. Well, that's universal health care. Okay. I mean, you can't even afford to get sick in this country. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You, yeah. You, you, oh, yeah. Unless you unless you have right. like stellar health benefits. And, and, and come on, not every employer is giving out full benefits as far as like health insurance wise. So, I mean, if you're if you're, you know, a family of, let's say, uh, I don't know, if you have like a couple kids or whatever and you have no health care, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't afford to get sick, you know, like if I mean, like, or let's say not even a family, um, uh, a person in their 20s, let's say, mm. OK, working at Mc, uh, working at like, let's say the quick check. Obviously, you guys don't know what a quick check is. Um, it's a convenience store. Uh, working at the quick check. 
Oh, Wawa. Yes, sir. You know what I'm talking about. I love the Wawa. Okay, so Wawa, for example, okay? So you have a, a, a millennial working at the Wawa who can't afford to get sick because there, there's no health care for that person. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, that, that's why so many people are sick, not going to doctors. Right. And, okay, there there's so many things to – We that's a whole, like, separate podcast, but, like, we spend – like way more per person on healthcare than any other developed country. So we do. And yet we have worse outcomes, and that money comes from us personally. So, anyhow, it's we, we screw over a lot of people with the healthcare thing. But the other thing is, like, if you have universal healthcare, like, so say uh, your friend who works at Wawa's uh, has. Like this great entrepreneurial idea. He's like, oh man, you know, but I got to work like, you know, 120 hours a week to make, get this idea going because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's my passion project. It's going to be better than Wawa's. It's my new convenience store, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sell Wawa dogs for three for a dollar. And he has no incentive or she to do that because if they're getting, uh, like a modicum of healthcare from their 40-hour-a-week job, they are disincentivized from being from from innovating. You know, if there's universal healthcare, then they're they're going to be like, oh, well, you know what? I have diabetes, but I still am going to go through with this startup idea because I know that I my healthcare will be covered and I will make this thing great. And I, that's what happens. That's why, like, there are a lot of more small businesses in, in like Northern Europe because people can start their little restaurant or their little pop up or whatever because um, they they are they have that safety net underneath them. I don't have the numbers to prove that they <laughs> that but, <laughs> but you go out there. I mean, you know, I, and actually, I I my brother in law is a chef and he's like, yeah, like, oh, nice. And he was living in Denmark and he's like, yeah, I don't have to worry about anything. He's like, hmm. I can do all sorts of different shit because I, I've got this card. He's like, I can get healthcare wherever I want. He wasn't bragging like I can fuck off and, and do nothing. He's right, like, right. I have freedom to, to pursue. Mobile. Right. He has, he has, he has, uh, freedom to pursue happiness because he doesn't have to, to worry about it too much. Or, or career. Or career. I, I mean, I think that this country shouldn't, uh, you know, uh, nourish uh, innovators. I think that this country should take, like, the younger generation and say, okay, well, listen, we fucked up. Uh, and, and, and I'm not blaming baby boomers, obviously, but... Uh, I but I can, Okay. I right. But, I mean, they... Listen, I mean... Whatever you want to call my generation, which I, I'm not a millennial, but, you know, we often do get thrown in with millennials. But, you know, they can say, like, okay, well, we fucked up with your generation. We fucked up with millennials. Let's do something for the following generation to, to make sure that they have a future and they can flourish. Rather than putting them, you know, putting them down and keeping them down to where they have to work, you know, 100 hours a week just to survive and they're barely doing it on what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're working so many, in, in my opinion, when you're working so many hours i mean yeah there are some people that that you know will work 100 hours 200 hours but they're still gonna they're still gonna want to make their idea happen but you know not everyone's like that you you know what i mean yes tyson yes i'm listening i'm just listening okay Uh, uh, wait did marty freeze perhaps i think he froze i think he froze yes his his image is uh still (sighs) finally somebody other than you have froze oh no Martin left. Martin left. Uh-oh. Okay, so I'm going to get out of the political thing as soon as we bring him back. Okay. He's a really cool dude. we got to get him back on. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. He's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, he was always nice to me, and, uh, you know, anyway. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Yes, yes. All issues. Oh, it's okay. Oh, good. I thought it was, I thought we were having a thought maybe. Yeah, okay. We're nothing a restart can't fix. So as I was saying, where are you? We don't see you very well. We don't see. Yeah. Oh, uh, we got we got his voice. No, my, my there I am. Right, there we go. Um. Yay! All right. We are worried about you. This is just what I was talking about earlier as far as like podcast gremlins. Um, 
I remember our first because we've been doing this now, this show right here for about two years, uh, two years now, right, Tyson? Or is it going to be two years in October from when we first launched the the second one? So the second one. So we uh, we decided to do a Halloween episode, our first Halloween episode, which we call the Lost episode, mm. and. At this point in time, I was doing uh, we were I was doing the show on a Toshiba laptop, which, by the way, Toshiba sucks. Um, and but we were we were solely recording from my end, so we got a guest. Now, keep in mind, I don't know how far this guest had to drive from one location to the other to do the show to take the time out to actually do this. So we're sitting there and we're just talking away for hours and hours and hours. And and what I would normally do is we would record the show, and then I would send Tyson the recording of what we did, and then he would he would uh, you know edit it and all that good shit. So. I'm sorry, Tyson. I know that you you will bleep that out later. Um, it's fine. So, right. Hey, I was good. I didn't curse up until that point, though. You have yeah. to admit, though, my language That's has fine. been pretty clean. Um, so we're just we're just talking <laughs> we're just we're just talking away. We're talking away. A couple hours pass by, and then uh, we wrapped up. And then uh, obviously it was just Tyson and I at that point. And I'm like, okay, well, give me a day or two, and I'll send you I'll send you all the stuff that we recorded. Right. Right. So. I go and sit down, and I open up the laptop, and I go into uh, MP3 Skype recorder to send him the stuff, and there was absolutely nothing there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've <clears throat> happened many times. Like, oh, I forgot to turn it on. And, yeah, very early on in, this, in our podcast, Nooner, mm. yeah, we lost lots of stuff. Oh, no. But, you know, it happens, and um, you know, nothing, is, nothing I say is so precious that it, that it needs to be said uh, again, or you know, I don't know, you know, it's just like, that's one th- fun thing about podcasting is, or, or sound casting is that you just uh, say something else. This is very true. They can be, um, ephemeral. Maybe yeah. perhaps is the word. Uh, so speaking of words. Oh yes, 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 yes. How was that Tyson for a segue? The segue, yes. Thank you. <sighs> segue is my middle name. No, it's uh, my last name is Control, and my first name ain't Baby. Anyway, it's sorry, it's these bizarre references. I actually wrote a uh, pre-tweet. Never mind. I will some other time. I will get into that. But um, I'm so. Oh, sorry. you're on pre-Twitter. Yes, yeah, pre-Twitter. Oh, no, it, well, it's yeah. I wrote something out that could be a tweet because I was trying to figure out if it was good enough to be a tweet. And then I I don't write things on Twitter now. Before I decide whether to send them, I write them on other things and decide later whether it's like, well, can that be a joke or can that be a tweet? Because I've just started kind right. of getting into the idea of doing stand-up. So, hmm? That's what pre-Twitter is for. Right. Yes. And it was... Um, ground for, for short, pithy thingies. So, yeah, okay. Well, since, since we're on, while we're on the subject, how's the old pause? Uh, the, um, I don't know what that's from. Now watch. Now watch. He's gonna he, he, he's gonna kick he's gonna kick my ass. Watch. Oh yeah yeah. Well, I have to explain what it is first, but uh, but I haven't done yeah, that. So real quick though, because I brought yeah. it up. Okay, so I wrote down a bit of notes. I just broke it down, and so it says, um, and this is in quotes. So I get to do finger quotes. This is one of those things that kind of only works in text. So it's a. Uh, that's note. a giant giant phone. Oh no no, it looks big because it's yeah. See now it's much bigger than my head. No, it's 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 phone sized. This is you know it's a tiny. Phone. Oh. This is a hand me down. iPhone eight. I got a hand hand me down phone from my dad. It's a Samsung. Uh, so it says, okay, it ain't baby privacy control. It's Janet privacy control or Miss Jackson privacy control. If you're nasty, hashtag oh a hashtag if you're nasty. That's what it was. That is. Uh, does anybody get that? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, Janet Jackson control. <laughs> Yeah, because in that song, she lays out what her name is. She says, uh, you know, I'm not a fool or a prude. I just want some respect. So close the door if you want me to respond. Because privacy is my middle name. My last name is Control. No, my first name ain't Baby. It's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. So I just just kind of took that and reconstructed into the... It's not funny if I have to explain it. But you got it. You got it. It's not meant to be really funny. It's one of those ones the more you read and you kind of go... Yeah, okay, that's dumb. And move on. It's a puzzle. It's, it's good. Yeah, I like it. it's a exactly. It's a puzzle. It's like looking yeah. at the ship arriving too late to save a drowning witch kind of thing. Yes, exactly. All right, so it's just not. It's words instead of lines on the page. So what I, what I uh, done for you is I've constructed a quiz, and it is getting up to the. Uh, it is ten thirty now. Is everybody still? 
you know, good to go. I'm good. Yeah. I've been enjoying this book I got from Powell's Bookstore in Oregon for the last uh, couple of years. It's called, um, it's called Depraved and Insulting English. And what it is, is an A to Z referendum on um, uh, words that are no longer in usage that are considered to be rude or un, uh, unpleasant. For example, um, the word caprylic, which is spelled C-A-P-R-Y-L-I-C. It is an adjective, and it means evocative of a rank and fetid goat in a set of smells. So, like, if something is goat-smelling, it then you can say it's caprylic. Apparently, people don't use the word caprylic anymore. So what I've done is I've made a quiz here with five words and uh, with multiple choice. And there's the chair noise again. Uh. A, a quick side note on this. Yes, Hunter. The, the, the last time we played this game with a guest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were playing the game and then we were talking about movies and going back and playing the game. Right. So, um, the Tyson brought up the topic about things that they, ex, uh, things that they put on movies, but they never explain, but you just have to accept as is. So one of my, one of my pet peeves was, uh, uh, Tusk. Okay. Love Tusk. Don't get me wrong. But one of my things that, that Kevin never explained was how does this guy, you know, live in a walrus suit for like a year and not be able to take a piss or shit. And obviously, again, sorry, Tyson. That's again, right. he's you know he's eating and drinking. And so the, the last word that Tyson dropped, and I and I told our, our I told our guest that um, I was going to tie I was going to tie the game at least tie it because he was uh, one point ahead of me. So the the word was uh, what was the word was back baculum or I, I can't pronounce the word properly, but baculum. Yes, baculum. So where I learned that word was was from watching Tusk. So, right. It's the last quiz. Right. Back. So he's sitting there. He's like, okay, well, the, the last word is baculum, and it's like it could be this, 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 and this. Now, keep in mind, I already discussed Tusk, but Tyson hasn't gotten to watch Tusk yet, so, and he, neither did our guest. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I have like a big old grin on my face because like I'm like, it's game over right now. So I automatically tied the game, and then they're like, I'm like, Tusk bitches. All you had to do is watch Tusk because it explains the whole damn word right there. Do you, is do you guys... man indeed a walrus at heart? Cheers to that. Cheers. Do you, do you listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR news quiz? Are you familiar uh, with that show? Uh, I am not. Uh, it's a very, very funny show. Um, they have like comedians um, like Pat Oswalt. Or they have a panel. It's a panel show. Uh, Paula Poundstone, Bobcat Goldthwaite. Very, very funny show. And then they talk about the news. And then they have a funny guest on. Uh, or not even funny. They just have a random guest on. And they ask them things that they don't know. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. Ooh. So go. That's really cool. Do a search for when Kevin Smith was on it because uh, he was hilarious because, you know, they try to pick up obscure things and mm-hmm. they pick this random book, you know, of, of obscure facts. And it turns out that, of course, he had read that book. So he's like, oh, I fucking know this, you know, and like he was just like all over it. And it's really, really funny because he was so excited because like, yeah, I know this. I know this. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. Right, yeah, well, is it is it kind of like Hignify or um? Oh, uh, have I got news for you? Or the um, British show? Or sh- similar? Sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty straightforward. It's just like yeah, it's just it's a Colin show, and then and then they interview somebody. Sounds oh, fun. Yeah. Sounds really fun. Mar- Marty, if, if if you talk to Kevin Smith, okay, I don't know if you do or not, but if 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 you do, if you can personally apologize to him. Uh, for my random tweets to him, uh, I'm not trying to stalk him or nothing like that. <laughs> I know not of what he speaks. I have not seen your these tweets you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I I have met Kevin maybe a, a dozen times, and each time it's like the first time because you know he's he's a busy man. Like that's including recording at his house like multiple times. Like. Um, He's like, oh, are you, are you related to Ming? I'm like, no. No, he, no. he, he, <laughs> he did not, did he? No. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've met, like, I've known him for, you know, 20 years and still, but it's it's fair. Uh, it's fine. I, 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 but if I do see him, uh, I will say, you might not remember me from the dozen times we've met, but 
uh, Hunter Block is really, really sorry. Uh, he, he'll remember Zombie Bacterium on Twitter because I will just randomly hit him up with 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 which, and he'll just okay. He'll he'll like it. So I'm like, okay, well he's not too annoyed. And then I'll say something else, and then he'll like it. Okay, he's not too annoyed there. But then when he doesn't like a tweet. And it's been like weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's annoyed by it. So maybe I'll just like not like direct, uh, you know, direct him on a tweet. I don't, I don't want to like seem like stalkerish if that's if that's like the right term for it, you know, or like an over uh, zealous fan. Like, Twitter, yeah, that's what Twitter is for, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get weird like that sometimes. It's, no, it's no, like, no. I mean, it, it that that's what that's what Twitter allows people to do. Like they, it. You know, to get a reaction. Yeah. 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 Exactly. exactly. And, and feel like you have a you have a voice. Like I I have tweeted at our president like just with angry, stupid, like poorly formed, like you know, I don't know, yeah, shade at the president, and it makes me feel good for like thirty seconds, and then realize okay, a he's never going to read it, and b man eh, wasn't that good. So mm-hmm. and I don't sweat it. I don't sweat. It's <laughs> funny. Cool. Cool. That is funny. I mean, yeah. I think I direct. I think I did direct a tweet at, at our president one time, and I'm like, "What kind of backlash am I going to suffer from this?" So I think I blocked him so that he couldn't like, you know, like do anything to me, like per se. I'm like, okay, I said this. Now just you're blocked, so I never have to see you again. But hmm. here's the bad part: when I I totally blocked him from Twitter because I don't want to see his tweets. I don't want to see him like, you know, on the toilet at 3 a.m. taking a shit, you know, like tweeting something about fake news and, you know, whatever else he he tweets about at 3 a.m. But now I go on Facebook and that's all I see is people like just uploading tweets of like the dumb stuff that he says. And I'm like, this is what I was trying to get away from. You know what I mean? Because because I, I, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, like I, in my personal life that did unfortunately vote for Donald Trump. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, everything else about these people are fine. So I don't want to cut them completely off. I just don't want to talk. I, I just don't want to engage them anymore about politics, especially about Donald Trump, because you can hit them with facts and facts and facts and facts and they don't care. You know, they they don't care. He's right. He can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and they would give him an alibi. Yep. They don't care. Hmm. Thinking about so, that. So I mean, you know, I mean, so like, what 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 do you do in that situation? Do we like? I, I mean, obviously, I'm a Democrat. Obviously, you get Tyson, a bulletproof vest. Uh, right. I mean, do we just like just cut these people out of our lives until like he's out of the White House and just like never talk to them again, or like, or do we just accept who they are and they made a poor choice and we just go forward? Probably that second well, one. It was, it was actually interesting. There was a, 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 I think it was a German journalist who was, uh, I forget what it was, but they were interviewing a uh, one of these uh, white nationalists who <sighs> you know, marched in Charlottesville or. Uh, and are, you know, anti-immigration. And then they engaged him in a, in a conversation, didn't talk about immigration at all, just talked about other things, huh. you know, other policies, and sort of, like, tried to ask them questions. And and I think if you ask people questions about, like, oh, you know, is was how how different is your life from when Obama was president, a, you know, a, a liberal quote unquote liberal you know uh, man of color mm. you know versus versus now like what what's different now you know or or you ask them like you know what what is what actually concerns you in your your life like or it has to be a you have to avoid sort of these these sort of push button issues and then you you engage them in a conversation about real life things of like okay well you know the bridges are crumbling around in you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, how, what's the best way to address that? You know, and then like, because I think that's a that's a real problem. It's not like you know, as opposed to these other things of like, oh, you know, these Mexican rapists coming into our country, which I I, I think is completely uncalled for because those are hardworking people and no, they're it, not. It's not even a, It's not statistically a problem. You can find right. You know, you can find all these these isolated instances, and like 
put a spotlight on it, but it's like, okay, well, what, what is, what is your problem in your daily life? Like what, what really gets in your way? And chances are, it's not going to be immigration. It's not going to be terrorism. It's not going to be North Korea. It's not going to be no. new weapons. It's going to be like, you know, the, the day-to-day crap that we all deal with. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, yeah. and plus, we, we, that's we, worth we, talking about. We, we, we have a country of diversity. We have a country that's like rich in culture where everybody contributes uh, their cultural background to the big old melting pot of, of what this country is supposed to be like. So, yes, mm-hmm. eventually these people would have to almost think that, you know, we're going to have a woman president. We're going to have a, a, a president that's that's, you know. Uh, a man of color. It, it, it's it's going to happen. And it did happen. And it's well, great that it happens. Like, the fact that Kennedy was president was blasphemous for a large part of the country because he oh, yeah. was a Catholic. At the time, yeah. And so, like, oh, yeah. like yep. that's essentially like uh, putting a Muslim in, in the White House, like, you know, nowadays. Like, so, yeah, yes, we, we evolve and we remember, like, well, okay, what are the things, what are, what are the, the ideals that embody this country? It's like, you know, the idea of freedom, the idea of openness. And, you know, and you, you, the more you emphasize that and the more that you open up the avenues of communication, like the, the better off you are. So I think it is important to engage with people, but you have to talk about the right things. Well, and, here's, where, here's where I think is, is, is hypocrisy is that we have a nation where, and Tyson, we'll, we'll, we'll get to what, you know. We'll, this is great, by the way. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, this is what I find to be. This is this is a hypo, uh, you know a, a hypocrisy um, is that we're a nation that supports freedom of religion, which means you could be anything you want. Like you could be a Buddhist, you could be a Satanist, you could be Muslim, you could be Christian, a Jedi, Catholic, a Jedi, right? Pastafarian, right? But that also includes that Church means, of the okay, so right. That means <laughs> and and with this with 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 President Obama, he 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 never claimed to be. He wasn't a Muslim. He was a Christian. But they said he this guy is a Muslim. So what if he's a Muslim? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? We have freedom of religion. What if we get a president that's that that's like a Satanism or, or you know he's he practices Satanism? I mean, hmm. can he not practice Satanism because you know it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't coincide with what you believe in? You know, Muslim, uh, Islam polls higher as a president for a president than atheism hmm. so people would rather have a, a muslim president than they would an atheist president oh absolutely that's i mean that's i mean and really too even like even like atheists get such like a bad rap like why do you care what they yep. believe like wh- why do you care what they believe in if they choose to believe in that there's no god how does that affect your daily your daily life at the end of the day, it doesn't. You're right. You, you know what I mean? But I understand that the <clears throat> the uh, the worry, I suppose, from the person who is, is religious is that people seem to think that you need to a religion to have a moral center and therefore to like know the difference between right and wrong, which is, of course, untrue. But the equivocacy, equivocal, the, the thinking seems to be that no religion equals no morals equals uh, you, you're my problem because why wouldn't you stab me through the head if you could? Kind of thing. I think that's right. the most simple thing that people process it as, uh, which is silly, you know, it's and, and childish to think I of it think, that way. But I, I think what gives you a moral center is being open-minded, uh, being open-minded, and and have the, uh, the the willingness to accept other ideals different from your own. That's what gives you a moral center. What gives you a moral center is doing the right thing. Like for example. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna say one child can do this because that child is white, and at the same time say, well, that child can't do the same thing because he's black. That's obviously not a moral center. It's not a question a moral of morality. Center is a, that right? That particular I mean, it, example. It, it, it's, right. Um, well, we, yeah, we all yeah, know but, that Richard Dawkins, the famous biologist uh, from England, who's a renowned atheist, is yeah. a, a baby killer and a nun rapist. So you know, like, <laughs> is that true? I don't know anything about. Absolutely. I don't know anything Absolutely. about Richard Dawkins. I know the name. Is he still alive? Yeah. Who's the one that's dead now? The, the there's a lot of them, but I mean, like, who's the really famous one who's dead? Uh, that Graham Hitchcock. Um, is that it? Yeah. No. No. Christopher Hitchens. Christopher. Is that it? Christopher Hitchens. Oh my yeah. god. Christopher Hitchens. He was a very, very outspoken atheist. Uh, also supported the the Iraq War. Anyhow, uh, but yeah, he he. When he died, 
he he had cancer. He, I think he was a, a lifelong smoker, but um, I could be wrong. But like these Christians came out and said, like we, they were just spreading rumors, like oh he embraced God when he died. Hmm. No, he, he did not. Uh, many don't. I heard that Douglas Adams was an atheist to the end, and probably also wasn't a nun raper. But yeah, <laughs> it's like five o'clock p.m. and time to go rape some nuns now. Um, yeah, I mean that's what atheists do, people. They're nun rapers. I, I mean, well, then I guess you know one of these days I, I fully expect to jump on on Facebook and because you know Bill Maher, he he's he's an atheist, so I fully expect you know someone to say, well, he's a dirty nun raper. Fuck him. If you watch his show, you're a nun raper too, and you hate God. That's what people do. I mean, say. Tell, I mean, tell him, Steve, Dave. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, every once in a while, Tyson and I will go over the. Uh, the statistics of how many people actually do listen to our show. And we haven't actually figured it out yet. Um, we do have like, like large spikes in certain areas. Like for example, Japan, we have like a large spike yeah, um, in, in, in Amsterdam, Amsterdam. We have obviously a large, we have a large spike for some reason of, of, of people that listen to the show. But what's, what's a weird thing is, is because we're very uh, active on all of our social media pages when it comes to this show, but we don't get too many interactions with uh, listeners, not a lot, no. As of as of yet, so to whoever's out there listening, I will go on the record by saying that I do believe in God, but I do not believe in Jesus. So until Jesus comes down and says, "Hunter, everything they said about me is correct," I will apologize and become a true believer. But until then, I'm not. And and what really opened? I mean, listen, I, I find it very fascinating. Uh, and what really uh, uh, drew my attention to this was the fact that I read Zealot. I mean, my grandfather was a minister, and, and that doesn't make me want to believe in Jesus any more than you know. Than if he wasn't, I just don't believe in Jesus. It's an interesting point because I saw Jesus Christ superstar, <laughs> and it made me want to believe in Jesus. So I don't know, but you know, it's I very. Mean, you know, uh, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, like we're sitting here on uh, a Skype call, three-way Skype call, and I get to see the reactions of of both of you guys to each other. And you guys are very respectful, but it is funny just seeing your reactions to each other. <laughs> oh, is it? I'm just listening most of the time because I realize if I look at the screen, I'll get distracted by what I'm looking at. So I have to kind of look elsewhere and listen. Like, oh, okay. well, I'm sorry. I'm picking my nose through the whole thing. So. <laughs> 